Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause tonight. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. We welcome everyone tonight into the house of God. It's Friday evening. Back in the days when it's Friday evening, I'm getting ready to party. So we're going to be partying in church tonight. It's Friday night, and we're here to party for Jesus tonight. Amen. We want to have a good time in the Lord tonight, and whatever the Lord has in store tonight, we'll receive it with gladness. So we're going to invite you all to stand with us tonight as we get ready to uh, um, invite the Lord's presence. His presence is already in this place tonight, so we're going to ask Him to touch us tonight, move among us individually and collectively, and that His Word will come forth with power and with an unction tonight. Amen. Let's just pray together. Father God, we love you. We thank you for this another privilege you have given unto us to be in your presence one more time to worship you in the beauty of holiness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your love, oh God. We thank you for keeping us. We thank you for providing for us, for making ways when there seems to be no way. We thank you, Lord God, for opening up doors for us like never before, Lord God. Father God, as we gather together one more time to worship you, oh, we ask you, Lord God, to forgive us for every sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness and all filthiness, purge us with isop, wash us and help us to be whiter than snow, creating us a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within us, oh God. Cast not thy presence away from us, oh God. Father God, if there's ever a time we need you, we surely need you now. Now is the acceptable time. Now is when our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. And Father God, we ask you to pour out your spirit upon all of us here tonight. Let there be a move of your spirit like never before from the pulpit to the field, Lord God. We ask you anointed upon the man of God as he come to preach, oh God. We ask you to use him like never before. I pray and ask you, Lord God, that someone will make up in their mind to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the service or wherever they're watching tonight, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you'll touch us individually, collectively. Touch our musicians, our praise and worship team. Bless every person, oh God, in this place tonight. And Father God, as we worship you, we ask you, Lord God, that you'll touch us like never before. If there's anyone sick among us tonight, touch their body, Lord God. Touch them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. Let the healing virtue of God move through them like never before, Lord God. We love you, Lord God. We honor you. We give you all the praise and all the honor tonight. For you alone, oh God, are worthy to be praised. Let your will be done. Not our will, but your will be done. Oh God, have your way tonight among us. As we give you all the glory, as we give you all the honor, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord another round of applause tonight. Oh, hallelujah, blessed be the name of our Lord, hallelujah, it's worthy to be praised, amen. Worship the Lord with us tonight in Jesus' name.
chapter 1 verse number 21 and it said that and it pleased God that by the foolishness of preaching that he may save them that believe and I don't know how much we think of this but we're never really saved till the end not until the rapture comes we're not saved we can be born again of the water of the spirit we can be in the church living a holy and righteous life and just a couple turns here and there, a couple situation happens in our life and we can find ourselves separated from the Lord. And so we're never really saved until the end. And the scripture says it pleased the Lord that by the foolishness of preaching, may save them that believe. In case you wonder and sometimes don't have the answer as to why we come to the house of God and week in and week out, service in and service out, and you're trying to justify because the devil is whispering in one ear to tell you all of that is not necessary. And the Spirit of God is compelling you to do what you need to do. And sometimes you find yourself just caught in between. Well, for us that are here tonight, and as we get the word out, we need to tell people, we're not saved till the end, and only preaching saves us. Only preaching saves us. And so... If you can't think of anything else why you should assemble yourself, there's plenty of other things because we can't be selfish. There's plenty of reasons why we should assemble ourselves in the house of God. But the first and foremost is we need to hear preaching. Because if we're not hearing preaching, we may not remain in right relationship with the Lord. And so the Lord has chose this way to save us. That the preaching of the word of God may enter into our hearts and we can respond in obedience and faith and that we may be saved. We're not saved till the end, church. And we have to keep on doing this until the rapture. I'm glad I'm here tonight. 
I'm glad I'm ready to hear the preaching of the word of God. I want to be saved. Somebody said, I want to be saved. I just don't want to go through the motions of being a Christian, being having a form of godliness, doing the things that Christians do and realize that I don't even have a relationship with God. I want to be saved. And I want to hear preaching every chance I get because the preaching will keep me saved. Sometimes you think you have it all together. And here comes the Lord. Job thought he had it all together. Just saying. We can't take for granted that we're good. We got to keep on assembling ourselves and say, Lord, preach to me that I may get saved and stay saved. We're so glad to have the devils with us tonight. Brother Dibble is going to come and minister one more time unto the hearts of every one of us that are here in person and those that have joined us via our live stream, our online congregation. We welcome you. Receive Brother Dibble in Jesus' name. Lord, praise the Lord, everyone. Come on, let's give him a praise tonight. Jesus, you're so good. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I praise you, I praise you, I praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah. You deserve our praise, Lord. You deserve our worship, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. If you have your Bibles this evening, turn with me to the book of Numbers, chapter 21. book of Numbers chapter 21 and we're going to begin reading in verse number 16. What uh, a privilege it is for my wife and I to be here again this year, again tonight in the presence of the Lord in the house of God. And um, I, I do want to I do want to dig around a little bit tonight, if you'll let me, uh, and challenge the church a little bit further this evening. And again, if you know somebody that needs the Holy Ghost, if you know somebody whose life needs to be turned around and changed, get them here Sunday morning at 9 o'clock and 1030 nine o'clock and ten thirty. Praise God and make sure they're in the house of the Lord. But tonight I want to preach to the church. I want to challenge the church again. Hopefully uh, perhaps pick up where we left off last night. I, I have to confess to you that my main goal this year in being here is just not to mess up too badly. So you invite me back again sometime at the new building. I just want to be able to see the new building. Praise God. So that really is my goal, not to mess up too bad and hopefully 
you have mercy on me. Praise God. Numbers 21, beginning with verse number 16, it says, And from thence they went to Beer, that is the well whereof the Lord spake unto Moses, Gather the people together, and I will give them water. Then Israel sang this song. Spring up, O well, sing ye unto it. The princes digged the well. The nobles of the people digged it by the direction of of the lawgiver with their staves, and from the wilderness they went to Matanah. I want to talk to you for a little while this evening on this subject. Keep digging. Keep digging. You can be seated this evening. The saga of the children of Israel in the wilderness is a wonderful account of the provision of the Lord in many different ways. There were many times when the Lord provided for His people in a supernatural way. We can read in the Bible how God places ten supernatural plagues on the Egyptians until Pharaoh finally let God's people go. And then there is the parting of the Red Sea waters and Israel walks across on dry ground. But when the Egyptians try to cross over behind them, that same Dry ground turns into a soupy mess and they all drown in the sea. As they begin their journey through the wilderness, the Lord continues to provide for them and sustain them in different ways. When the people were thirsty in Horeb, the Bible says God commands Moses to strike the rock with his rod, and when he did, water flowed, and their thirst was quenched. First Corinthians 10 and 4 says that uh, the rock that followed them through the wilderness and provided water for them to drink was a spiritual rock, and that rock was the Lord Jesus Christ. When they were hungry, God supernaturally provided manna from heaven each day for them to eat. It was angels' food, bread from heaven, and it just appeared each day for them wherever they were. The manna taught them that they could depend upon God to provide their needs every day. The manna taught them that they could trust in God for every day of their lives. The, the manna taught them that they were supposed to be responsible to go out every day 
and collected. And can I preach to you that you too are responsible to go every day to the Word of God, the, the bread of life that the Lord Jesus has for you. Every day we should be opening up the Word of life and seeing what God is speaking to your heart. Praise God. When they got tired of the manna from heaven and they wanted meat to eat, God supernaturally provided quail for them to eat that would satisfy their hunger for meat. <coughs> now, this is not part of my message, but I, I want to pause here just to tell you that Man always longs for what he doesn't have even when he has what he needs. It is a fact that the children of Israel had livestock along with them that at any time they wanted to, they could have killed some of their cattle and had a big backyard barbecue. But they didn't want to give what they had because they thought it was theirs. You, you see, they had forgotten that everything they had was given to them by the Egyptians when they left Egypt with a high hand. They had been slaves for 400 years and they didn't possess anything of their own. It all belonged to God. We need to remember when it comes time to give, not to be stingy with God because it all belongs to Him anyway. You may say, no, I, I, I work for what I have. But can I remind you that we don't even take a breath without God giving it to us. So you can give with full assurance that when you do, it will be given back to you. But not only will it be given back to you, it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But preacher, if I give, I won't have enough. Can I just tell you that God will never be in debt to anyone. God will never be in your debt. So give. And I promise you that you will be able to live off of the overflow of the blessings that God will pour back into your life. In fact, this is the only situation in Scripture where it says, I want you to prove me in this. Every other place when you prove God, that's a lack of faith. But God said, I want you to prove me in this and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will not be able to contain. So don't be stingy with God. But that wasn't part of my message. Let, let me get back to my message tonight. Over and over we watch the children of Israel journeying through the wilderness on their way to the promised land. We see the supernatural provision of God for them. They didn't take a step without the direction of the Lord. 
There was a, a, a pillar of cloud by day that, that uh, led them. And, and, and there was a pillar of fire by night that directed every step they took. We see the supernatural power of God on display everywhere they went in the wilderness. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 11, speaking of the wilderness journeys of the children of Israel, tells us now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. That lets me know that there are lessons we can learn from the wilderness. That lets me know that there are principles to be gained from observing the wilderness wanderings of the children of Israel. That lets me know that there is exhortation that we today can take to heart as we observe the things that God did and the ways He led them through the wilderness. Now, I must point out to you that God didn't always do things the same way. Indeed, one time He just commands blind eyes to be open, and instantly they are open. Another time He spits in the dirt and makes some mud and puts the mud on the eyes of the blind man and commands him to go wash in the pool before he receives his healing. Still another time he spits directly into the eyes of the person and they begin to see. You see, it is not the method that is used that carries the power, but it is obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ that gets the job done. Sometimes we get so married to the method that we miss altogether what God is doing. Sometimes we think we have got to sing this special song for God to work or, or we have got to say something in just the right way or use just the right preaching voice before God will work. But the Scripture is clear to tell us that Almighty God will never share His glory with another. So this old preacher knows tonight that I didn't bring anything special to the equation. If God does something tonight, it will not be because I'm here. It will be because the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of glory, is here and you simply responded to his touch and to his word sometimes we are merely following our own will when God is wanting perhaps to work in a different way and we miss the plan of God altogether sometimes we don't even pay attention to God and just figure, I, I, I'll do it the, the way I saw it done before and I'll get the same result as before. But as we read about the children of Israel in the wilderness, we can see that 
God is not restricted to only one method of operating. I'm preaching this evening on the subject, keep digging. The text of Scripture that we read tonight is not a miracle like the others that I have talked about so far. It was different. It was not a supernatural provision of the Lord that was just given to them. Water did not just gush up out of the earth with no effort on their part. It is important to note that God is changing the program for the children of Israel here. It was moving from a time of supernatural provision to a time of transformation. They were going to have to do something to receive this miracle. For so long, the the manna was just there every day. For so long, that, that rock followed them through the wilderness and water was just there. Everything they needed was, was just there. Every step they took was guided by a cloud and by fire. But now God is saying, I, I want you to know that I will still provide for you, but I am going to provide for you in a different way. You are going to have to do something to see the blessing. You are going to have to be involved in this miracle. You are going to have to participate in this miracle. It will still be a miracle and I will still receive glory when it happens. But this miracle will come with some effort on your part. want you to know God could have simply led your pastor to the building where you're going. And by the way, I want to get there someday. You, you got to bring me there. I haven't seen, I've just seen pictures. I, I, I've seen you guys dancing around. I've seen you guys praying uh, in the parking lot of the building. And uh, but I haven't been there yet myself. I, I want you to know God could have just led your pastor to that building. And instantly that whoever owns it could have said, hey, I like you so much. I just want you to have this building. It's yours. He could have done that. That's within his realm of ability. I've heard it happen over and over where buildings were just given to our churches in the last couple of years. But there are some times when God says, I, I want you to work for this. I want you to contribute what you have. I, I, want, I want to ask you what's in your house. What do you have in your house? What do you have in your cupboard that can contribute to this miracle? Praise God. And so 
the Bible says they are led to this place called Be'er, which literally meant watering place or well of underground water. It was God that led them there and God knew there was a well underneath that ground. God knew there was water there. He said, I I want the people to begin to sing to this ground. Spring up, O well. I want you to command the ground. Spring up, O well. Spring up, O well. Can I just preach to you that I believe that it is Almighty God that has led Christ-centered church to this new piece of property. And I believe He led you to that location because He knows there is water underneath the ground. He's looking for someone to begin to sing, Spring up, oh well! Spring up, oh well! Spring up, oh well! But the miracle doesn't come by singing alone. Along with the singing, the Bible also says the princes will have to dig for it. And the nobles will have to dig for it with their staves. And this is a different kind of a miracle than they have had up to this time. There are some miracles that God just speaks and water flows. And then there are other miracles that you are going to have to dig for. There are some miracles that He just blesses the the bread and the fish and begins to break it and there is enough to feed the multitude with plenty left over and then there are other miracles that you are going to have to dig for. There are some miracles where the water is turned into wine and it supplies the need of the moment. And then there are other miracles that you are going to have to dig for. There are some miracles where God just touches the lame man and he goes walking and leaping and praising God. And then there are other miracles that you are going to have to dig for. I believe God sent me here today to bring the word to you that it is time to start digging. It is time to find you a shovel and show up to prayer meeting because there's water there. It's time to find you a shovel and show up to Bible study because there's water there. It's time to find you a shovel and show up to Sunday morning service because there's water there. It's time to find you a shovel and show up to church work day because there's water there. It's time to find a shovel. And show up 
to the outreach event because there's water there. It's time to get a shovel and be a worshiper in the church service because there's water there. It's time to get a shovel and tell your pastor, I'll do whatever needs to be done because there's water there. Praise God. It's time to find you a shovel and tell your pastor, I want to be involved in the digging for revival because there's water there. There's water underneath the ground. I'm preaching this evening on the subject, keep digging. God could step in and from nothing produce what you need. There, there are times, Pastor Wyatt, when people just show up to the church, don't they? And they say, I want to make this church my home. It doesn't happen too frequently, but there are times when people just just show up and nobody knows where they came from. Nobody knows how they heard about you. But they just show up and they say, this is my church home. And then there are other times that I don't believe that happens without you being out in the harvest field first. So don't get me wrong. But most times we've got to dig for every soul that comes into the kingdom. Most times we've got to dig down into the ground Bible study after Bible study. We teach them a whole search for truth Bible study. And they didn't get it the first time. So we start over again and teach it again. Sometimes it takes some effort, some digging in the ground to see results. God could step in and from nothing produce exactly what you need. But there are other times where he is not only performing a miracle of provision, but he is performing a miracle of transformation and so I'm not just going to give you the water I'm going to let you dig for the water I could just let the water flow out of nothing, but I'm not going to do it that way this time. I'm going to let you find the water. I'm not going to speak the water into existence, but I'm going to lead you to the place where you can begin to dig down into the ground. And in obedience, you will see water begin to spring up from the ground. The challenge today is for the people of God to gather together and start digging in the place where God has led you. The challenge today is for the people of God to gather together and start singing, Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. There's water where I have led you. There's water just underneath the surface if someone will begin to dig for it. And I know you've been digging a long time here in Hamilton, New Jersey. 
But can I encourage someone today? Keep digging. Keep digging. Keep digging. There's water here. There's water underneath the ground. There's revival under the ground. There's harvest under the ground. If we'll just keep digging. I don't want to mess with your theology today, but knowing your pastor, I, I, I don't believe I am. But what I see from Scripture here in this passage that we begin with is the princes were commanded to dig. And the nobles of the people were commanded to dig. It wasn't just the common man that was supposed to dig, but, but the princes and the nobles were supposed to lead the charge. The, the, the leaders were supposed to dig and can I dig around here for a moment and say, if all you can ever do is be in the spotlight, but you can't grab your shovel and dig when it's time to dig, then maybe the spotlight is not for you. If all you can do is show up for the rejoicing, but you can't put on your hard hat and grab a shovel and begin to dig, then maybe the rejoicing is not for you. If all you can do is clap your hands with everyone else, but you can't grab your shovel and dig out a soul from the miry clay of this world, then perhaps the hand clapping is not for you. If all you can do is show up for the fun stuff and the celebration, but you don't even know the last time you had a shovel in your hand. You don't even know where you left your shovel. Maybe it's time to find your shovel and practice digging a little bit. If you only participate when you like what's going on, if you only show up when you agree with the decision that's been made, if you only join in the work when everything is going smooth, then maybe it's time for you to get a shovel. And after you have prayed through, start digging again. Pastor, come grab a shovel. This is the man that God has placed in your life to be a shepherd for your soul. He is going to lead the charge. He's going to dig first. He is going to be out front digging. But he can't do all the digging alone. God placed you in this church to help with the digging and not be a constant drain on your pastor's energy. 
there will be times where your pastor is going to come alongside of you and he will give any, a word of encouragement that will be exactly what you need to hear. But if he is always tending the sheep inside the fold, how is he ever going to reach outside of the fold? If he has to always pat you on the head every service, then how is he ever going to dig for himself? I love it when that supernatural word of encouragement comes from the pastor. But there may be times when a change is in order and you open up your own Bible for yourself and you begin to Dig for a word for yourself. The church is getting ready to go into a time of digging and starting with the pastor and going down to every leader of the church. They are going to start digging. I wonder if somebody would come take this shovel. Every leader, every worship team member, every teacher, every saint of God needs a shovel. Every saint of God needs to put a shovel in your hand because there's water underneath the ground where Jesus is leading you. You need to dig because there's water. You need to dig because there's harvest. I wonder if somebody else wants another shovel. You need to dig because there are souls under the ground. You need to dig because there's healing under the ground. You need to dig because there's miracles under the ground. I'm preaching, keep digging. The Bible lets us know that Abraham was a digger of wells. Everywhere he went, God gave him that land, and Abraham would dig a well there. He would move on somewhere else, and God would give him the land, and he would dig another well. All throughout the land, wherever Abraham would put his foot, God would give him the land, and Abraham would dig a well. But when Abraham was no longer alive, the Bible tells us the Philistines came and they filled in the wells with dirt. And now along comes Isaac. And he's in the land that God gave his family. And he begins to go through and he redigs the wells. The same wells that his elder had dug. He found those same wells that had been filled in with dirt and rocks and rubble, and he began to dig again. 
Can I preach to you that there are some wells that have been dug in the past that must remain open today? The enemy has tried to stop them up. The enemy has tried to keep the waters from flowing. The enemy doesn't want you to know about the well of salvation, but keep digging. The enemy doesn't want you to know about the well of forgiveness, but keep digging. The enemy doesn't want you to know about the power of prayer, but keep digging. The enemy doesn't want you to know about the well of commitment, but keep digging. And for sure, in this messed up society... The enemy doesn't want you to know about the well of holiness and godly living, but keep digging. I believe there's a group of people here in Hamilton, New Jersey, that are going to make a commitment to keeping those wells that our elders have dug open and the waters flowing. And I believe the Lord sent me here to encourage you keep digging. No doubt the last few years have felt like a knockdown, drag out fight with everything that's been going on in the world. But God sent me here tonight to encourage you, keep digging. The enemy may have knocked you down a time or two. You may have gotten a report that there's an obstacle in the way. Keep digging. The enemy may have tried to steal your joy and steal your peace and steal your love and steal your shovel. But keep digging. The shovel is the Word of God. And can I tell you, the Word still works. The shovel is prayer, and it still works. The shovel is fasting and praise and worship to God and commitment. And that still works. Yes, hallelujah. I've got half my message left to preach my wife is on the piano and we got people in the altar already so I just want to tell you one more thing let me skip I'll give you hope look look what I'm doing skip to the end we must keep the well of the oneness of God message the mighty God in Christ Jesus, open and flowing. We must keep the well of repentance, the well of water baptism in Jesus' name, the well of the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. We must keep the well of holiness open, the well of unity in the church open. But I just want to leave you with one more word. There are some wells that Abraham dug that Isaac came and re-dug and opened them up but there are some wells that Isaac dug that Abraham didn't dig can I tell you let me just be honest 
some of the music, some of the Christian music that I hear today, it makes my hair hurt. That's why I keep it short. But let me keep on being honest. I can be in a service with music that makes my hair hurt and feel the presence of God when I get over my stinking rotten attitude and think everything has to be done like I want it done. There are some wells that are being dug by this current generation that we didn't dig when we were coming along. And we can't say, hey, fill those wells in. We don't need those wells. We need the younger generation. And we need the younger generation to respect the wells that our elders have dug and opened up for us. We need both in the kingdom of God. Come on, play something. These altars are open. Does anybody want to dig tonight? There's been a change in the program. There's been a change in the program. God didn't come in and just do it all on his own, but he's trying to involve the church in the digging process. Does anybody want to get a shovel in your hands and start digging tonight? Ain't got tired, ain't got tired. I've been working for Jesus a long, long time. Oh, ain't got tired yet. I've been working Jesus a long, long time. Ain't got tired yet. Will anybody join with your pastor? Join hands on the shovel and just begin to dig with him. Anybody make a commitment tonight? I'm with you, Pastor. I've got your back. I'm right behind you. I'll hold your arms up when you're tired. I'll dig with you. Oh, hallelujah. Ain't got time, ain't got time, ain't got time. 
We need every generation on a shovel. From the youngest to the oldest. We need everybody with a shovel in their hands. So I'll dig. I'll help you, Pastor. I'll dig. Ain't got time yet. Ain't got time. Ain't got time. Ain't got time. Working for Jesus a long time. Ain't got time yet. Working for Jesus a long time. Ain't got time yet. Been working for Jesus a long time. Ain't got time yet. Ain't got time. Ain't got time. Ain't got time. Working for Jesus a long time. Ain't got time yet. I've been working for Jesus a long time. Ain't got time yet. I've been working for Jesus a long time. Ain't got time yet, ain't got time, ain't got time, ain't got time. Been working for Jesus a long time, ain't got time yet. I've been working for Jesus a long time, ain't got time yet. I've been working for Jesus a long time, ain't got time yet. Ain't got time, ain't got time, ain't got time. Ain't got time, ain't got time, ain't got time. Who's working for Jesus?
daddy saw him in the wheel of the middle of the wheel. John spoke about him in the book of the seven seas. They call him the rose of Sharon. They call him the lily of the field. But I call him Jesus, my rock. I call him Jesus. I call him Jesus, my rock. I call him Jesus, my rock. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I call him Jesus, my rock. Come on, clap your hands up to him. Aren't you excited about what the Lord is doing? Are you excited about what Jesus is doing? Thank you, Jesus. Aren't you excited for what the Lord Jesus is doing? Oh, my God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. His presence is in the room. His presence is here. Will somebody just allow God to just touch them? Will you allow the Lord to just do what he wants to do with you? Will you allow the Lord to just do what he wants to do? He wants to heal you. He wants to touch you. He wants to strengthen you. Let him do what he wants to do. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Tell your neighbor to keep digging. Amen. Sister Patrice, Sister Barbara on the on on live stream. Hallelujah. You let them know we holding their shovel for them. Let her and Joe know we holding the shovel for them. Amen. You make sure this message gets promoted and posted on all the social media platforms. I don't care who else listens to it, but everybody from this church needs to hear this message. It doesn't matter who else hears it. If everybody in Christ-centered church hear this message, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Tell you, Deborah, we're going to be all right. We ought to thank God for the word that we just received. That was a word for us. That was a word for us. When you go to conferences, and I'm not telling you not to go to conferences because I go there. But when you go to conferences, you can hear a lot of things preached and, you know, you'll get a little something here for you, a little something there for someone else. But when God brings a man or a woman of God into your congregation, God has given you a word and God is giving this church a word. He gave us a word last night and he gave us a word tonight. Keep digging. Keep digging. Amen. Great things are in store for us. Amen. We're so thankful for Brother Dibble just allowing the Lord to use him. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you all for coming out tonight. It's been a blast. And God is just doing some wonderful things in our church. It's not a time to get complacent in the body of Christ. I know that by many works of the adversary and all different kind of things, many of us have kind of been lower to sleep just put it nicely and a lot of Christians, good Christians are kind of asleep but I believe that the Lord is waking us up 
I believe the Lord is doing something because the return of the Lord is at hand. And there are souls that God has already called to be a part of the body that we have heard last night. They're not yet a part of the body, but they will be. And it's going to take some digging from us so they can be there. Can't be asleep anymore. We can't be complacent anymore. We, we, we're not waiting for something to be handed to us. I told, didn't I tell you all that a long time ago when we started this journey? I said, I understand that God can just give us the building. Brother Dibble and I didn't have that conversation. But there are some things that God wants us to take part in for that miracle to take place. It's just what he does. He's all-knowing. And so he knows everything and he knows what it takes for whatever he's doing to be done. And so we can't look to the left or the right and say, well, they had that. They must have God. But what about us? God chooses how he wants to do what he wants to do. And all we need to do is just be thankful that he's doing something with us and through us. However he does it, it's up to him. But we got to do our part. We got to do our part. Amen. We thank God for everything that he's doing with us. Don't forget, we'll be here Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Tomorrow evening at 6.30 at prayer. Maybe we heard a word tonight that will bring some of us out. And if you can't be here personally, we want you to tune in on live stream. But we'd love for you to meet us tomorrow at 6.30 for prayer. And then Sunday morning, 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m., invite somebody to church. Send out a mass text on your phone. You have numbers and people that are not in church. Send out a mass text tomorrow and invite people to church Sunday. And if we all do that, I believe we'll see some folks show up. And for those that are close enough to you, give them a personal invite. Amen. Don't forget our building fund. We're still giving. Um, we have, uh, pro- we're probably going to have 30 more days to give. Um, so the delay that we have right now, not a big deal. It's interesting that I tell you, I find God very interesting. Uh, the delay that we have is we have to have um, environmental people come to dig. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. They got to come and dig to test the soil. I'm like, okay, whatever, Lord. <laughs> you think God, he is, he is just God. That's all you can really say about him. He is just God. And so we were ready and set to close Monday. And the bank says, nah, we want to test the soil, so we need to dig down a little and make sure it's all good. <laughs> oh, Lord. So give. We're still doing what we got to do. We got to outfit the place, give to the building fund, and let the Lord continue to do what he's doing in this church. God bless you. Have a great rest of your night. And love the dibbles before they go. Let them know how much we appreciate them. Amen.